Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good evening, I'm Hannah, as uh, previously mentioned, and um, it is really great to see you all. I would love to get to know all of you more. It's, it's nice to have a little bit of a cheer, and thanks for that encouragement, everyone. That was really nice. I must admit, even in services, I still feel like I don't know many people, so feel free to come and have a chat to me. Um, I am the planting curate. Uh, I'm replacing Julia. So if you don't know what that means, if you're interested in gardening, I like gardening, but it isn't gardening, uh, I'd love to chat to you about what a planting curate is, uh, about church planting and all those things. And tonight, as previously mentioned, this is the final uh, in our series of Real Life, Real Faith, and tonight we are looking at John Mark. So for a few moments, just want to think about, uh, are there any key times where you have noticed your faith progress? And who were the key people who walked you through that process? It was really good to hear some of the stuff like Bex and, and Paul were sort of saying about uh, where their faith was progressing, where they were sort of seeing themselves grow and sort of talking that through people. So how can you have a little think? Is there any times that that's happened to you? So we're going to be looking at John Mark and uh, the, his progression of faith, his story. But who was this John Mark? Now, I don't know if I should be ashamed to say this, but after five years of theological study, I did not know who John Mark was. Now, I don't know if that says something about my education, but it has been um, a bit of a journey working out who this John Mark is. He's mentioned several times in Acts and a few times in the epistles, which are the letters that are written uh, between the early disciples uh, that we find in our New Testament. So he could be Mark the Evangelist, who wrote the Gospel of Mark. And he could also be the first bishop of Alexandria, and he could be the first person to establish the Christian church in Africa. He could be all of these people, uh, and, um, or like one of these people, but by and large, most academic people think that he is uh, all of these people. In historical traditions and early church writers, it strongly suggests that John Mark was all of these people. And when a name keeps popping up in the Bible, unless it's stated that it's a different person, they use little, you know, like Mary Magdalene, if it's John Mark consistently, then that is the same person. So let's have a look at John Mark's story. Our first concrete encounter with John Mark is in Acts 12, 6 to 12, where Peter has miraculously escaped Herod and turns up at Mary, John Mark's mum's house where a servant is so shocked to see Peter that she leaves him at the door knocking to go and tell everyone that he's there. The fact is, we might have met John Mark a few times before this point. Again, we're not completely sure. But his family were wealthy and had lots of connections with Jesus and his followers. It might have been that their home was the one that hosted the Last Supper. And it might also have been where Jesus appeared to the disciples in Jerusalem when he was resurrected. John Mark is also sometimes speculated to be the rich young man who Jesus asked, uh, how it, who Jesus asked him to sell all that he possesses, or even the young boy who's escaped naked in the arrest of Jesus, only um, found in Mark's gospel. Again, something I might have missed in a, a previous reading of that um, bit of scripture. Our next encounter with John Mark is in Acts 13, verses 1 to 3. 
And he sets off with Barnabas and Saul um, on a mission as their assistant. Paul and Barnabas teach local officials. They have an encounter with a sorcerer. It's very eventful. But then we come to verse 13. Now, do excuse any pronunciations or reading of these words that are wrong. Uh, I am very dyslexic, and it's always an adventure, me reading. Okay, so from Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga and Palafinthia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. Now, we're not given any explanation for this sudden disappearance of John Mark. It's clear there's an effect on Paul's opinion of him, though, and that his suitability to accompany them further missions is brought into question. He isn't seen as reliable anymore. And Barnabas, who is thought to be John Mark's cousin, is insistent that John Mark should be part of their next mission trip, but Paul disagrees. So we read um, in Acts 15, 36 to 41. Some time later, Paul and Barnabas said, let's go back and visit the believers in the towns where we've preached the word of Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also known as Mark, with them, but Paul did not think this was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Palafinthia and had not continued them in the work. There was a sharp disagreement that they parted company, and Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, whereas Paul um, chose Silas and left and commended by the believers of grace the Lord. And he went to Syria and Sicilia, strengthening those churches. Despite this you know, really strong disagreement that Paul and Barnabas have had over John Mark, there does seem to be that John Mark is reconciled, as he's mentioned several times in Paul's letters, as someone who is to be welcomed as a fellow worker, and that he's helpful to Paul's ministry. Change must have happened in John Mark. He must have proved that he was reliable and able to be trusted. We're not sure how this happens, but it shows that John Mark hasn't walked away and has been resilient in his journey. Peter is also often um, quoted as being in close relation with John Mark. And in uh, Peter 5:13, Peter writes, she is in Babylon, chosen together with you. She sends her greeting, and so does my son Mark. So what can we learn from this story of John Mark? Well, many individuals in the Bible, they don't have the perfect story. They have struggles, they have difficulties, they make mistakes, but they persevere. See, John Mark might have struggled with the call of abandoning his wealthy, luxurious home in Jerusalem and the things that he felt were comfortable and secure. Yet, as we see that he traveled through life, he went through those struggles and doubt and disappointment and yet continued his walk with Christ. I think we all can have times like this, where we make choices we regret, where we don't feel strong enough to do what we feel called to do. And for me, there was a period in my life where my faith was really, really high, but my actions did, marry, did not marry up to what Jesus was calling me to be. My self-esteem was very low, and several of my relationships had become complicated, strained, or um, broken. I became in a pattern of self-destruction, but a turning point for me was when I was at a Christian conference and Pete Gregg, who you might know from things like 24-7 Prayer, spoke about broken individuals in the pages of the Bible. 
who had let down God. They had sinned in horrific ways, like committing murder, adultery, and grievous acts, and yet had been forgiven. They had been restored. They had been used to build God's kingdom. He quoted the passage in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 to 9. But we have this treasure of jar, um, yet we have this treasure in jars of clay to show us that all surpassing power of God, not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I felt like clay. I was messy. I felt worthless. And yet to realize that there was this treasure within me was worth more than anything. My sin and shame were forgiven and wiped away. And it was trusting in God that my story would continue. At the same conference, I felt the call to new expression churches in poor areas and church planting, which I believe was about 18 years ago. My journey has not been a straight path. It has been hard fought and there have been relationships that have been strained just like John Marks and Paul's. There have been times that have felt like dead ends. But God has opened new paths. And here I stand as the planting curate of St. George's, <laughs> um, hoping to plant a church in East Leeds. And a few short weeks ago, I stood being ordained where this passage was read. And it reminded me of the cost of my calling and the point that God had been faithful through all those twists and turns. I'm sure John Mark traveled back to Jerusalem. He didn't envisage being the author of one of the gospels. Can you imagine not having Mark's gospel? I don't think he thought that he was gonna be the foundation of the Church of Africa. These are big things. Our world would look very different without John Mark. So I would like us to take away three things from John Mark's story. He was faithful on his journey. It was one of progression. It didn't start all rosy and beautiful, but it continued even though it was messy and there was things to restore and be forgiven for. He might have experienced and met Jesus as a child. He may have challenged them as a teenager, maybe rebelled a bit, but he progressed to write that gospel of Mark and go to Africa and preach the gospel. We are all in a continuous process of being shaped, of being molded by Christ. There is a cost, but there is a great reward. To be hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. To be perplexed, but not be despaired. To be persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. That lump of clay being turned into something beautiful, displaying the treasure within. So how, at the moment, are you letting God shape you? The second point I'd like to say is that Mark didn't walk alone. He had family, mentors, and friends. I saw um, a, a picture on Facebook, I think it's up there. Um, I'm just gonna read what it says because I don't know how much you can see that. It's also written by a child age six, Emma. It says, love is when you're missing some of your teeth, <laughs> but you're not afraid to smile because you know your friends still love you even when there's some of you missing. I thought that did kind of sum up what true friendship's like, isn't it? 
They're the best sorts of people, the people who champion you to not give up. They're honest with you when you mess up, but they forgive you and celebrate your success. They notice you and see you like Christ. They see you as image bearers of God himself. So have you got Pauls and Barnabas and Peters? Are you part of a small group? You know, St. George's can be a big place. Where are the people who are cheering you on, who you can be honest with, who you can share your wounds and and be honest with your um, struggles? Uh, Maybe you're um, thinking about that discernment stuff. You know, are you talking to leaders and clergy? Are you talking to small group leaders? Or, you know, who are you talking to about where you feel called to? It might not be ordained ministry, but every calling is just as important. What about the internship? I know I did a gap year, um, and that's how I ended up in Leeds. I went and visited East End Park, if any of you know it, and that's how I ended up on this journey in Leeds. So internships and, and gap years can be a real time to really lay yourself open to what God's calling you to be and be spoken into. My third point is that he didn't give up. When my son started school, the headmaster led his induction talk And he said, studies have found that actually academic ability is not what creates a a successful future for a child, but it's the ability to persevere. To succeed as a disciple doesn't mean that you're going to get everything right, but it does mean you need to persevere through your trials and tribulations. As Paul puts it in Hebrews 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance for the race marked out for us. How are you growing in perseverance? So to finish, let's just think about being jars of clay with treasure inside. We're going to spend some time in worship and, uh, and just relay ourselves in front of God with all that we have. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.